things. Welcome to the podcast, Love and Misery. Love and Misery is a deep dive podcast that examines famous and infamous couples throughout the ages. We're your hosts. I'm Clark Forte, and this is, of course, my lovely and talented co-host. Hi, I'm Mindy Forte. Welcome and feel free to reach out to us and let us know how we're doing. Our email address is loveandmiserypodcast at gmail.com. And now we're on Facebook. You can look me <laughs> you can look me up under Clark Forte um, and Love and Misery. Yeah. Please friend him. Yes. He'll be happy. We were originally going to do this podcast on King Mohammed the Sixth and Princess Lala Salma. Who yeah. was the ghost princess? The ghost princess. Ghost princess. <laughs> not scary ghost, just <laughs> no, just missing in action, not being seen. Yeah. Um, and this was a an idea from our friend Miss Marcy. Shout out to shout Marcy. out to Miss Marcy. But we couldn't find enough material about the ghost princess. We found too much information about her being alive, and which we, is not bad. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. We saw some pictures <laughs> online of where they were. She was actually in the States with her kids. Yes. Living in New York or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that, so what we ended up finding out was that um, sensationalized journalism, maybe to that sell some never papers. Happens. never happens. Well, you okay. know, like the Globe and well, the Inquirer and stuff like that. <laughs> Bigfoot is real. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's how it's going to start. Sorry. I'm already <clears throat> okay. I'm ready for the podcast. So instead, so instead, this episode, uh, we thought we'd talk about another couple. A couple that had a romance that captivated the world at their time. A marriage that was kept the public entranced into every move. These two were incredibly powerful people coming together to lead a country into the future. Who were they? So instead of Morocco, I thought we'd pivot to Monaco, both in the Mediterranean. Oh, on the Mediterranean very sea, nice. Yes. Right? She was a world famous actor who rose up from the suburbs and he was kind of a playboy. And he was the playboy prince of a tiny European principality who always knew what a luxurious life looked like. He was always kind of brought up in luxury, mm -hmm. right? They met in France, courted for a while, and got engaged in Philadelphia. The couple is none other than Princess Grace Kelly and Prince Rainier III of Monaco. Very nice. And side note, we were able to uh, briefly visit Monaco. Yes, that's and, right. And uh, it was uh, small but beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was. Uh, Went every... to Monte Carlo as well. Yes, and saw we all these luxury, luxury. sportsmen. Oh you know, my gosh, the cars! Sports cars were... in front of the the big casino there. Yep, exactly. The, yeah. Monte, the Monte Carlo casino, which we did not go into, because I think you have to. I think the, it costs the buy -in like, is like 25, 30 bucks just to walk through the door, something like that, or more. And then Could even to do any gambling is probably oh. way beyond our pay grade. Well, we'll say, but it was beautiful outside. It was, and so was the uh, the palace. Yep, and they had the uh, the Grand Prix of Monaco that was kind of still set up. Mm -hmm. I think it's set up that way year long, but uh, with the neat. you know with the stadium seating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So Prince Rainier the Third was born Rainier Louis Henri Maxent Bertrand Grimaldi. That's a lot. To say. That's a big name. That's a big name. Don't on write May that on a check. <laughs> 
<laughs> take you a while. You know, you're sitting behind somebody in line at the grocery store. Correct. You're like, Dude. Sorry. Got to do my name. Rewrite your name. <laughs> Killing me here. <laughs> anyway, he was born on May 31st, 1923. Rainier was born at the Prince's Palace in Monaco and the only son of Princess Charlotte, Duchess of, you want to help me out there? Uh, Valentinus. Valentin, no, Valentinus. Valentinus. I, I, oh, I thought you Valentinus. Could, I thought you would get that because it's like a French. Yeah, you know, the French I know. I'm, spin I'm, on it. And well, you're you, the you French didn't person. give me any. You didn't give me any warning. I know. I, I put you on the spot. I just wanted Thanks to see how, how you do. Valentinus. Okay. Valentinus. And her, that sounds a little bit better. Okay. We'll see. And her husband, uh, Prince Pierre. Rainier was the first native-born prince since. Um, Honor, the uh, fourth. Yes. What? In 1758. I mean, I took high school French. I'm not some. <laughs> that's so about did all. I. No, but I did not I do took, well. No, I, I think had to get you, tutored. I, you probably did better by my than me. mom. In fact, that's another Miss Marcy story. Yeah. We both were not doing super good. Sorry, Mars. Okay. Outing, outing Marcy now. Yeah. That's no. great. So Prince Rainier's mother was the only child of Louis the Second who was uh, the Prince of Monaco, and Marie Juliette Louvet. 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 No, say the T. Shart. Shoot. She, <laughs> <laughs> she yes. was legitimized through formal adoption. Oh, so she was adopted and subsequently named heir. Presumptive. Presumptive of the throne of Monaco. Very cool. Yeah. She uh, basically renounced her rights to the succession of the throne in 1944. And Rainier's father, who was half French, half Mexican, adopted his wife's dynasty. So Rainier's early education was conducted in England at public schools in Summerfields at St. Leonard's on the Sea in Sussex, and later at Stowe in Buckinghamshire. Okay. Fancy. They sound like fancy. They schools. do sound fancy. After England, Rainier attended the Institut Le Rose in Roll and Gestat, Switzerland. He was there from 1939 before continuing to the University of Montpellier in France. Pretty good pronunciation. That's not bad. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll have people, who, if, if we are doing poorly on pronunciation, please send us a note. We get we lots just, of notes. We'd like to see notes. Okay. Yeah. You know, give it give us some phonetics. We don't care. Sure. All 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 feedback is welcome. Agreed. We're just glad you're listening. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. He um later obtained his that's where he obtained his bachelor's degree in arts yeah. in 1943. And then finally went on to the Institute of Studying. That's like study. Okay. Did today. Did today. See, you're better than I am. Yeah. And I, you know who would know this? Politiques de Paris. Amy would know. In Paris. She's, she's, so that. She's so obviously this. they're they're getting they're maybe grooming I should him. Send this to her first. Oh, well, maybe. To get some, That's a little late. I know. But um, <laughs> but Amy, it's they coming were next time. They were grooming him for politics, right? Yes. To to sure. be a leader in yes. in Europe. So, um, in 1944, upon his 21st birthday, Rainier's mother renounced her rights to the Magnus throne and Rainier became Prince Louis direct heir. Okay. So again, I think it's redundant. We, we said she renounced her throne already. No, but, but it's, yeah. In World War II, 
Rainier joined the Free French Army in September of 1944. So right on the precipice of World War II. It actually, it already started in, in Europe. And serving under General de Montabert as second lieutenant and seeing action during the German counteroffensive in Alsace. Alsace. He received the French Croix de Guerre with Bronze Star representing basically a brigadier level citation and was given the rank of Chevalier in the French Legion of Honor in 1947. So he, he was high ranking and yeah, yeah, was a, was a good soldier. soldier. Yeah. And was, and, and honored his, his country, right? Following his decommission from the French army, he was promoted by the French government as a captain in April of 1949, and a colonel, wow, in December of 1954. In the 40s and the 50s, Rainier had a 10-year relationship with a French actress, oh, mm. Giselle Pascal. Pascal. Oh. Like that I did name. not look her I up, like that name. but it's a nice name, right? I know. Whom he had met while a student at Montpelier University. Okay. The 10 couple, years. Ten, I know, that's significant. Ten, uh, the couple lived at um, St. Jean Cap Ferret, which was Rainier's sister, Princess Antoinette, wishing her own son to ascend to the throne, and had spread rumors that Pascal was infertile. Oh. So we kind of saw, we did a little oh, research yeah. well, about yeah. the sister. And, well, well, informal movie research, which, P.S., that was a good movie. Yes. It was called Grace of Monaco. Monaco. And it had Nicole Kidman was Grace yep. Kelly, and uh, Tim, Tim Roth. Tim Roth was yes. Prince, Prince Rainier. Rainier. Who and they I used have to call to say, Ray. Who they what? They were calling Ray. Oh, right. Said yeah. Rainier. Yeah, I really liked that movie. Yeah, it was really good. And it really showed. Well, I don't want to jump too far about how it showed. Well, Grace the sister Kelly such a strong. It did role, but it okay, did. go ahead. That's but a spoiler Nicole, alert. We're, again, it was really like good. we've said a million times, this isn't a movie podcast, but, but Nicole Kidman rarely like to, disappoints. Right? Yeah, and that's how I like to do my research. Anyway. <laughs> I know. You know. We all know that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we see time and time again that Princess Antoinette uh, wants to get her brother, you know, out of the throne mm-hmm. so that she so can that her send, son. That's right. Her son can. can be, yeah. yeah. She's pretty, uh, she, as you can see later. She's that movie. She's yeah. sneaky. She spread rumors. Yes. She yes. Uh, there was a lot of tension during this time period that the movie takes place uh, between Monaco and France. Mm-hmm. And Monaco doesn't have an army. They they survive based on uh, they don't charge tax. They have these casinos and things like that that kind of bring revenue in somehow. Um, business they bring revenue in business wise. And so, very peaceful country. And um, that's what the, this movie was all about, is that that period of time. But um, we see that Princess Antoinette was very cunning. And uh, again, anyway. Sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> Sorry. I the like rumors, to take it down the Right. That's okay. The, yep. The rumors combined with an air of superiority over, over Pascal's family origins ultimately ended that relationship. Okay. Pascal okay. said, I'm sick of this. You know yeah, what? She couldn't, she couldn't deal. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame her. Yeah. 
Um, I don't no believe one, that no they ever. That. No one needs that. Nobody needs that. I don't believe that Rainier and her ever patched up that relationship. And um, he had a pretty rocky relationship with his sister. Again, she was trying to, you know, gain the throne through her son. She ended up being removed from the palace by her sister-in-law, Princess Grace. And we saw that in the movie. Oh, I love and, that in the movie. Right. And she was all like, uh-huh, peace out. <laughs> she didn't say it like that. No. She did a little more dignified. Yes. You know, she was a princess. But that's how I would like to say it. Yeah, just peace out. I would say something worse, but yeah. keeping it clean. But, yeah, they they go into it in the movie. But yeah. um, basically after that, um, she was never allowed to be in the palace again. She had to move out of the palace with her with her husband, and, and, and the son was and the son, too. Absolutely, absolutely. And they were um, later on. The sister was known to be eccentric, and she was described as being "quote unquote" complete, completely mad by her servants. I mean, she still had mm. servants, so that's not horrible. But um, right. she was banished in the late 1950s, and she was forced to live down the coast at uh, in a town called Ez. I have to say, so again. I'm going back to our little travel thing. Right. We were lucky enough when that same day that we went to the, like a quick tour of Mon of Monaco, Monaco to see Ez. And yes. Ez, we spent more time in Ez than Monaco even. And I, I mean, it was beautiful, gorgeous. Built into you, a mountain. You know, someone wants to send me there to live and give me yeah. servants. Hello, sign me up. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. gorgeous. I and remember the, yes. uh, oh. the um, garden at the top yes. or the botanical garden was the it's, whole day was, was really Le nice. It's called Le Jardin des, ah. the Garden of Es. Oui, oui. Okay, yeah. It was really beautiful. So anyway, sidebar on that too. Another so sidebar. Didn't feel too bad for her. So her, her they, they called her, again, they called her completely mad, her servants did, because she had a large collection of dogs and cats that just roaming around her, her, house? her dwelling. Okay. Yeah. Rainier succeeded to the throne on May 5th, 1949, just after Louis II's death. After his ascension to the throne, Rainier worked meticulously to recoup Monaco's luster, which had become tarnished through neglect, especially financially, um, and the scandals, you know, we had talked about with Princess Charlotte. Um, and the thing about Princess Charlotte is, and this was very scandalous at the time, mm -hmm. she took up with a noted jewel thief in the area who was known as Rene the Khan. As her lover, he took Renee her as her lover. So um, <laughs> I'm going to meet someone. I'm Renee the Khan. Huh? What's your line of work? Right? Right. It's like right there, Renee the Khan. Yeah. Okay. Renee the thief. Renee the okay. Yeah, it's right in the right I mean, in this it's title. In this title. Yeah, so it's clear. Yeah, that's he, my line of work. He probably went to that school that we talked about in one of the previous podcasts. What school? It was like the school of a thievery or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> I and you're remember. like, oh, I. Oh crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, and again, more digression. So let's let's continue. This is rough. It's been, and I have to say, it's been a couple of weeks uh -huh. since the last podcast because yeah. work's been really uh, Real life demanding, yeah. really demanding. So uh, we haven't had a lot of time. So we're a little out of practice. So forgive us on a little bit of our. Ah, that's, the, ah, that's fine. Our loyal followers won't be upset. Sure. All of them. Okay. Back to the story. <laughs> According to numerous obituaries, the <laughs> prince had faced um, upon the ascension to the throne with a treasury that was 
practically empty. The small nation's uh, traditional gambling clientele, largely European aristocrats, found themselves with reduced funds during World War II, of course, and other gambling centers had opened to compete with Monaco, and many of them were successful. So overall, the funds and the financial in, in, in their coffers were, were drying up, okay. right? And so that was the, the biggest thing. Um, Monaco decided to become a tax haven for commercial centers, uh, real estate development opportunities, and international uh, tourist attractions. The early in Good the Good idea. Yeah. The early Revenue years. Generation. Yep. yep. Um, early on in the early years of his reign, um, he was very involved with the Greek shipping tycoon, Aristotle Onassis. Oh. Ah, this is before yeah, you know, his relationship with Jackie O. With Jackie O. That could be another couple. Well, I have it on my list. I know. I know you do. That was I was trying to be a I know. Like your straight man on that. I know. Well, you're good with that. <laughs> you're good for that. Now let's talk about Princess Grace. Born Grace Patricia Kelly on November 12th uh, in 1929 in Philadelphia. Her father was an Irish-American, John B. Kelly Sr., and had won three Olympic gold medals for sculling. You know huh. what sculling is? Rowing? Uh, oh, no, I didn't. I was thinking it was that pushing the thing on the ice. No, that's different. <laughs> no, that's different. That's uh, curling. Ah, crud. That's okay. Sculling. I didn't know you that. You can cut that out. Go nah, ahead. Nah, we'll leave that in there. Sculling. Um, sculling. Yeah, like the skull and bones, you know, secret societies and okay. Harvard and sculling. Yale. Yeah, sculling. Can't they just call it rowing? Well. Now it's rowing? They row crew. Yeah, yeah. I know is, row crew. Which is a... A large number, and I believe sculling is just like a individual or oh, two-person operation. Okay. You know, my ignorance is showing. <clears throat> no, that's all right. Anyway, um, he also owned a successful brickwork contracting company that was well known on the East Coast, okay. and was very successful at it. Um, he was also this is again her dad was also a Democratic nominee in the 1935 elector for election for mayor of Philadelphia. Okay, so her dad was into politics and yeah. so was her husband she, at the end. At the end, absolutely. Right? And Interesting. Uh, if you believe the movie, um, she was very, she helped him quite oh, a bit. Oh, she helped him. In the movie. Um, so maybe she learned some of that from her father exactly. or watching her father. Um, that election for mayor was the closest he lost by the closest margin in the city's history. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, in later years, he served on the Fairmont Park Commission and during World War II was appointed by President Roosevelt as the National Director of Physical Fitness. Wow. Yeah. There's a very, very um, interesting, very famous family. And I had no idea. Um, let's see. His brother, Walter C. Kelly, was a vaudeville, vaudeville star who also made films for Metro, Goldwyn, and Meyer, as well as Paramount Pictures. Really? Yeah. So she had also, she had politics and acting in her family. And yet another brother named George was a Pulitzer Prize winning drama, dramatist and screenwriter and director. That's pretty good genes That's right there. pretty good family. Yeah. I mean, they were Correct. all very, very successful. Yep. Um, so the family was talented. Grace's mother... Margaret Catherine Mayer was uh, born of German parents. 
Margaret had taught physical education at the University of Pennsylvania at Penn and had been the first woman to coach women's athletics at Penn. Again, cool. Pretty amazing family. Jeez. Um, They all seem to be very, very um, successful. Mm -hmm. Her mother was also a model for a time in her youth. So Mm. not a surprise because Grace Kelly was, Stunning. Gorgeous. Yeah, stunning. she was a stunner. I like that. Stunning. Yeah, she was stunning. So after um, her mother married her father in 1924, Margaret focused on being a housewife and then proceeded to work with local charities and organizations. Nice. Seems like a very nice, nice childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Seems that way, right? Despite her parents' initial disapproval, Kelly decided to pursue her dreams of becoming an actor. Her dad was particularly displeased with her decision. He viewed acting as, quote, a slim cut above Streetwalker. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> That's okay. Uncalled That's for. Uncalled for, and it's, it's a bit much. Uh, I mean, it's a bit Streetwalker. Much. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. Hey, I did some acting in high school, and that was super great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sidebar, not that great, but a Streetwalker? Okay. Let's let's All keep right. going. Let's, let's keep it. Let's keep, keep it plugging forward. Yeah. To I start, know we're gonna just use a baller time. That's okay. Keep going. Uh to start her career, she auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City. She used uh, a scene from her uncle George Kelly's The Torchbearers. It, it was a I told you he was a Pulitzer Prize screenplay mm-hmm. writer. Although the school had already met its semester quota. She obtained an interview with the admissions officer and influenced that person um, to let her to let her in. Awesome. Yeah. Kelly worked diligently and practiced her speech by using a tape recorder. She her early acting pursuits uh, led her to the stage and she made her Broadway debut in Strindberg's The Father, along with Raymond Macy. Who's that? He was an actor. He was a was Raymond Macy on Ironside. I don't know. He was a he. He did a lot of acting, um, like in the sixties and seventies. Oh, and I have to um, make a correction from last last our last. We'll do podcast. that at the end. We'll do it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the correction again. Okay. Okay. At nineteen, her um, graduation performance was as Tr- uh, Tracy Lord in the Philadelphia Story. The television producer, Delmont Mann, then cast Kelly as Bethel Meriday in the adaptation of Sinclair Lewis's novel of the same name. This was her first of nearly 60 live television programs. So back in the day when television was just coming online, it was all live TV. They did like vaudeville stuff. That's a challenge, right? To be live? Well, it's just like being on the stage, right? right. It's just like being in a Broadway play. Exactly. I mean, we're not live. We are not live. Thankfully, we can do our little editing. We are edited. (laughs) (laughs) Or else we wouldn't have many people listening to us, I'm sure. Maybe they would just for the laughs. Possibly. Possibly. As a theater personality, she was mentioned in Theater World Magazine as a most promising personality of the Broadway stage in 1950. Some of her well-known works as a theater actress were Again, the father, her debut, um, the Rockingham tea set, the apple tree, and the mirror of disillusion. Mm. 
I, that's not, I like I don't that know sound. any of these I don't things. either, but that's, I like the sound of that one. <laughs> Year of disillusion. Go ahead. Right. Success on television eventually brought her a, a role in a major motion picture. Uh, impressed with her work in The Father, keep going back to that one, uh, the director of 20... Uh, the 20th century Fox film, 14 hours in 1951, Henry Hathaway offered her a small role in the film. Kelly had a minor role as a young woman uh, contemplating divorce. Kelly's co-star, Paul Douglas commented of her acting on the film. He said in two scenes, she did not have a bad side. You could film her from any angle. She was also one of the most untemperamental cooperative people in the business. That's pretty good accolades. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. Following the release of this film, the Grace Kelly fan club was established. Oh, okay. Yeah. It became popular, popular all over the United States. The local chapter, um, local chapters were springing up and attracting members. All Kelly referred to her fan club as quote, her terrifically amazing fan club. So they got together and met and, Talked about how great she in was. In local and... chapters. Yeah, that used to be a thing. It reminds me of like watching the Brady Bunch. And remember, oh, my gosh. And remember Marsha. Yeah. Had. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? And she got a kiss on her cheek and she's never going to wash it again. That's right. What was his name, though? Um, Davy Jones. Davy Jones. <laughs> That's right. But he had a fan club. Too. I'll never wash this cheek again. Yeah. Yes. And she was his number one fan. That's right. President of the fan club. President of the fan club. It also reminds me of the movie Selena. Yeah. Oh, and well, that one turned out in a bad way. Not good. Her president of the fan club was psycho. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, sorry to take it down a bad path. That's okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's, let's see, see where we are. Oh, word. So let's run down um, some of her highlights from her career. Um, she, she worked with Gary Cooper, who was very popular in the early 50s mm -hmm. and even into the 60s. And what he would say about her was... Um, he was charmed by her and he, uh, he said, quote, different from all these sex symbols we've been seeing so much of, she's just very charming and easy to get along with and easy to work for. And that seemed to be a theme in her life. She was very, um, mild mannered and down to earth, practical. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was her upbringing. That's nice. Yeah. Right. She was not a diva. No, far from it. Far from it. Um, let's see. In 1952, uh, director John Ford, who was very um, popular at the time, uh, noticed Kelly from one of her old screen tests in 1950 and had the studio fly her out to Los Angeles to audition in September uh, for his next film. And he would, he would say that she had breeding, quality, and class. No comments to that? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just saying this is that really stands all, on its own, right? These are all very um, wonderful qualities. I agree. To have. I mean, yeah, that's she's. I mean, she, she sounds just like a like okay, an act, a actress, a gorgeous actress, but yeah. also down to earth, regular kind of person. Absolutely. And um, she was put under contract, a seven year contract. Um, she was given a relatively low salary at the time, which was eight hundred fifty dollars a week. Uh, Kelly signed the deal under I'm two sure conditions. The men were paid more. I'm sure they oh, were. Oh, you know it. Okay. She signed the, under two Side conditions. Bar. First, that one out of every two years, she had time off to work in the theater to go back to Broadway. Okay. 
which she did for, for quite a while. And second, she was able to live in New York City, um, which is a big deal because all the movies are made out in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. For the oh, most part. okay. That was her home. That was she her home base. travel back and forth, I guess, yeah. for movies. Okay. She had a long-running relationship with Alfred Hitchcock, who she mm, used to call Hitch. Hitch, yeah. yes, from the movie. Yeah, they were... Yeah, they were close. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Not, yeah, not romantic. No, no, they were confident. Friends, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he, friendship and kind of mentor type of. That's right. Mentor mentee type of thing. And she, she starred in two of his movies, which were both great uh, Rear Window mm-hmm. and To Catch a Thief. Interesting facts, quick facts. Kelly turned down the role opposite Marlon, uh, Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront where Eve Marie Saint won the Academy Award. Why'd she turn it down? Do you know? I don't know why she turned it down, but she did win Best Supporting Actress and a Golden Globe for her portrayal in that John Ford move, uh, film called Magamo. Magambo. I, I, maybe that's one we should watch. Maybe we should watch that one. Magambo in 1953. And then she eventually won the Academy Award for Best Actress in her role in The Country Girl in 1954. So she had, yeah, so she was So she had chops. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she was good. good. She was good. Now let's talk about their life together. Kelly headed uh, the U.S. delegation at the Cannes Film Festival in April of 1955. While she was there, she was invited to participate in a photo session with Prince Rainier III at the Princess's Palace, about 55 kilometers away from Cannes, which we also met, went Mm -hmm. through. That was the port that we... When in, when we yep. were on our cruise, which nobody goes on anymore. Maybe someday. Someday. I, uh, I, I enjoy cruises. Yeah, I, me too. Once this whole... You can go to a lot of places. You can see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And the Mediterranean, you know, at the beginning of the summer is... Pack. Beautiful. One time. Unpack. Yeah. Yes. She met him at the palace uh, May 6th, 1955. At the time of her initial meeting with him, she was dating a French actor... Uh, named uh, Jean-Pierre. Pierre. Jean-Pierre? Jean-Pierre. Almond. You want to give it a go? No, it's not bad. Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre Almond. Almond. Oh, Almond, no T. No T. They yeah. don't do the T's. They don't, well, no, they don't do, they do T's, but not, the, they don't, you, not at the not end. the end. At the end, it's like. Nothing. Yeah. It's kind of. It's yeah. like, eh, it's enough already. You yeah, don't need the I don't tea. need it last. Okay. So as it turns out, before the festival, Kelly and some of the, Biggest names in the cinema at the time were boarding an overnight train from Paris to Cannes to attend the Cannes Film Festival. This is kind of the story of how they got together. Okay. Um, how they got together for that photo shoot. Um, so this had been a tradition since 1946, and now it's still going on today, the Cannes mm-hmm. Film Festival. Yep. Two-time I act- would like to see that someday. Yeah, you have, you have to get invited to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I mean, maybe this podcast would be our... Segue into it, I, probably not. I'm willing to bet you money, but not. say possible. That means it's possible. I thank you. I, <laughs> I do know. Un petit peu oh, good for you. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, two time right. actor winner for Gone with the Wind, Olivia de Havilland, was on this luxury train with her husband, her newly, um, her new husband, newlywed husband, Pierre Gallant. Pierre Gallant was the editor of the Paris Match magazine. Okay. So it was a, you know, 
Paris rag, but it, famous magazine. Famous magazine. It's a rag. It's a nice. I'm sure it's a good magazine. At the time, I'm sure it was great. And um, so he started thinking, hmm, we should get these two together because he knew. Oh, he knew that he it would uh, be good Rainier, press. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful actress. One, right. Uh, Prince. Right. Come on, who doesn't like that story? That is love. So he's then the later? one that was the first that blossomed this idea. Oh. And so um, wow. to, to have him was the one that said, okay, I know her. I'll track her down. So she went through car to car to no car. No way. And oh, found her cool in one story. of the last cars of the train and said, listen, can we do this? Can can you want to meet this guy? And But not for a date, no, just, just more just, to, the, just yeah. for uh, uh, pictures. Or, a meeting and, and this yes. and that. Well, and of course, her husband, this, you know, editor in chief of the magazine said, I'll send some photo photographers there. We're going to photograph the whole thing and kind of make uh, a make a story of it. Okay. This, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, actress and this prince, this, you know, prince that's not married and mm -hmm, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Sure. So. Um, Maybe it was a rag. It could have right? been. It could have been. Like inquire, like, well, hey, look at those two. Well, they're talking. They must be together. Right. I don't know. No, and, and that's a cute the story, paparazzi, though. right? The paparazzo, yes. as they used to call yes. it in, in Italy. Italy. Um, that all is I mean, not a big a thing, as big a thing here, but in, in Europe, it's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. You know, Well, it's a big thing now here, but. Yeah. But the, yeah. Okay. So Rainier. Uh, told people that Grace struck me as a first encounter as rather reserved, self-possessed, well-brought-up young woman. Hmm. Okay. There was an age difference. What is the age difference? Is this in your notes? Um, Not in my notes, but there was an age difference. Not a huge one, though. Oh, really? No, I didn't think it was huge. Like 10 years, maybe 10, okay. 12 years. Okay. So maybe a generation, generational okay. gap. So not... Okay. Not huge. Because he called her a young woman. I don't know. Yeah, that's Which true. Which sounds a little like, you know, you would say about, oh, that's a nice young woman where you're not, where yeah. you're older. But okay, go ahead. So um, it was funny because they were making arrangements um, and it's 55 miles apart from Cannes and the palace in Monaco. We've made that drive. Mm -hmm. And yes. um, so they were, she had a cocktail reception that she had to go to for this award-winning she where she won the academy award the country girl at 5 30. okay well it's got pretty close so they had to juggle things around and it was almost like this wasn't going to happen it was like things were going against them the whole way right so rainier said well i can pull it into three okay great right and then grace kelly the morning of the day that she's going to meet him power goes out big blackout in uh oh my gosh and so she's like scrambling to, <laughs> to like try and get ready yeah to get ready i mean this is a prince she's going to yeah meet she's not gonna be that. like oh i'll just come with wet hair that's exactly it yeah she gets out of the shower and this right. and that no, and there's no power there's no power but um somehow she manages to get there they walk through um his gardens and i think also they walked at the palace they had a, a zoo oh my gosh and so they're walking wow. through. They decided to give it. He gave her a tour of the palace. Mm -hmm. 225 room palace, by the way. Oh, tiny. Tiny. And, um, and we saw, just, we didn't go in. We saw, obviously. We no, saw we the saw guard. the guards. And, and the guard. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple guards. 
And um, he decided nice. to give her a tour of his own private zoo. The two walked and chatted um, while photo foot photographers yeah, documented the course. event. And mm -hmm. of course, the pictures were run in the Paris March mm -hmm. magazine. Nice. So win-win for Yeah, Paris March guys all don't mind if I do. Yeah. Well, when Kelly returned to Cannes, quote, she was in a state of enchantment, according to de Havilland. Mm. So the meeting had gone well. So I found conflicting information on who she was dating during the time of her meeting with Rainier. One story stated that she was engaged to fashion designer Oleg Cassini. Another showed that she was dating the French actor Jean-Pierre Armand, who we had oh, talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, after the meeting. So in other words, were, she, wasn't, she wasn't fully single then. She wasn't fully single, um, but. But she wasn't married. She wasn't married. She was one of, like I said, yeah. one said she was engaged, but I don't <laughs> think that's accurate. Um, anyway, the meeting with Rainier was a success and the courtship, they started courting. It lasted about a year. Um, at one point, wow. Rainier went over to stay with her family in Philadelphia over Christmas. Okay. Which was, you know, That's nice. nice. Yeah. He's trying to show like, Hey, I'm a stand up guy. Yeah. Stay with your family. Yep. Um, and they later married wow. on Can April. Can you imagine? Hey, uh, my boyfriend, he's a prince. He's going to yeah. stay with us yep. at Christmas. I'd be like, oh, I guess I better really spruce up the guest room. Right. Right? Maybe clean up a little clean bit. Clean up a little bit. I'm sitting here looking at our guest room going, okay. Laundry on the thing. Need to put that away. Maybe we're no, not ready for a prince. No need to air our no dirty laundry. No need to air our dirty laundry, literally. Unintended. Hey, Jeez. it's clean laundry. It just needs to be put away. Well, we should put it away then. Okay. Yes. The royal we. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they married on April 18th, 1956. And there's a whole code here. The Napoleonic Code of Monaco and the laws of the Catholic Church necessitated two ceremonies, both at a civil ceremony and a religious wedding. The 16-minute civil ceremony took place in the palace throne room of Monaco. There was a reception after that was intended attended by... 3,000 people. What? Sounds their, like civil, quite a... their civil ceremony yes. had an, a reception of 3,000 people. Yeah. 3,000. That's what it says here. Okay. Sounds like quite a party. That's what I said. Yeah. But the civil thing is, it's like going to the justice yeah. of the peace. Yeah. But it's like the legal peace. Okay. Correct. All right. The ceremony was wow. capped by yes. announcing, oh, this is even better. The ceremony was, was capped by announcing the 142 new official titles that she was acquiring during this union. Oh, wow. So they just sat there and just said, I'm not going to read them all. No, please Maybe don't. I should. No, no we I'm don't have kidding. that much time. No, I know. I'm just messing with you. I wouldn't do that. Uh, the following day, the church ceremony took place at Monaco's St. Nicholas Cathedral um, before Bishop Giles Barth. The wedding was estimated to have been watched by over 30 million viewers wow. on live television and was described by the biographer Robert Lacey as the first modern event to generate media overkill. <laughs> overkill. <laughs> well, you know what? I watched the Royal Weddings. I know. Well, that, I this loved, is the first I mean, one I that loved, was televised I, It was huge ridiculous, audience. and I don't know why, but I, I loved them. Well, again, this, this all happened because of this one, right? 
Notable people who attended the reception, Aristotle Onassis, mm. Cary Grant, David mm. Niven, famous actor of the time, mm-hmm. Gloria Swanson, mm-hmm. wow. Ava Gardner, oh. and Conrad Hilton. A ton, Another, like the like glitterati we, here. Well, and Conrad Hilton, from one of our past episodes, was married to Elizabeth. Taylor. No. Yes. Oh, yeah. In the beginning. Yes. One of the first marriages. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The couple. Wow. This is like what a tangled web. Oh, all of these stories yeah, end up weaved I, together. I like it. Okay. The couple had three children. Princess Caroline, born January 23rd, 1957. Prince Albert, born March 14th, 1958. And who is the current Prince of Monaco. And Princess Stephanie. Yeah. Born February 1st, 1965. Yeah. So, in 1962, Hitchcock offered Grace Kelly the lead in his film Marnie in 1962, later to come out that year. And she was eager to do it. He, you know, he made a trip mm-hmm. out to Monaco. Yeah. This is all part of this movie. This was the, the crux of that movie Grace on Monaco. Uh, of Monaco. Um but the public outcry of Monaco was against her involvement in the film. And this would later play a pivotal part of her reconsideration and ultimately rejecting the project. Because they're like, we can't have a princess that, what if she has to kiss another man on screen? Yeah, and big de- I know, right? it was a Yeah, it was a big to-do back in the day. She lost the role, lead role of Marnie. She didn't want it anyway. And if you watch the movie Grace on, of Monaco, um, it really documented her struggle for that time of her life. The relationship was up and down. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't always rosy. And um, as we hinted before, she was really struggling with going back to Hollywood or right. staying yeah. and making a life of herself in Monaco and actually becoming, you know, the, the real pr- the real princess yeah. and, and and being uh, and yeah. The and movie being loyal was very... to that, and it was very interesting because she was, you know, basically she said, "I'm putting my family first. My family is yep. here. My family is Monaco," and and she wanted that to succeed. So on September 13th, 1982, Kelly was driving back to Monaco from her country home uh, in in Roque Angle, where she had a stroke. As a result, she lost control of her Jeez. 1971 Rover P6 and drove off a steep winding road. And down a 120-foot mountainside. So sad. There's the misery. Her daughter Stephanie was a passenger. They were both taken to the Monaco Hospital with injuries. She had injuries on her brain and thorax and Mm. fractured a femur bone. She died the following night at 10.55 p.m. after Prince Rainier decided to turn off her life support. Oh. That's rough. What a hard. I know. It's rough. Stephanie suffered a light concussion and a hairline fracture of her cervical vertebrae. Yeah. And was unable to attend her mother's funeral. Oh. I know. I know. This is more misery than some. Uh, I know. Kelly's funeral was held at the Cathedral of Our Lady Immaculate in Monacoville on September 18th, 1982. After a requiem mass, she was buried in the Grimaldi family vault. Um, over 400 people attended. Again, notables, Cary Grant, Nancy Reagan, uh, Danielle Mitterrand, Prince Diana, Prince of Wales, 
was there. Princess Diana. Yeah, Princess Diana. Um, and the Empress Farah of Iran was there. Mm-hmm. Rainier did not remarry and was buried alongside her in 2005. So here are some interesting facts that I found out about these two. Number one, Kelly's family paid a dowry. Really? To the prince. You know how they were having yes. like financial problems? Oh, to, and allegedly that, it was that a, Monica was having. Yes. Of, allegedly it was a pretty large diary. And because wow. it, her dad, you know, Prince Princess Kelly's dad uh, was uh, very successful and had lots of money and had to pay something. And his original thoughts were like, are you kidding me? Why do I got I got to pay somebody to take to marry my daughter? Because it, one million people would do it, would marry her for oh, free, for free. But oh, well. but he paid. Oh, wow. Number and two, she was, she had wealth of her own because of her career. Okay. Oh yeah. Fine. Not well. Yes. Maybe not wealth. Wealth. Not wealth. Wealth. Not like wealth like yeah, the actors get today. But but yeah. she had made a living. Right? Yeah. Um, number two, wow. Kelly made Prince Rainier do dishes during their courtship. Remember when I said she had him over to their house mm-hmm. for Christmas? Yeah. She made him uh, good clean, clean dishes with her. Yeah. Kind of humble him a little bit. Well, that's not, I mean, that's just pitching in. You're just, you're a guest. You're like, hey, you know what? You cook this nice meal. Let Absol- me do the dishes. Absolutely. It's just polite. Yep. Number three, Prince Rainier almost courted another famous Hollywood blonde. Don't say Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my. And I didn't even, and I didn't even, spoiler alert, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, and one other wow. one that I thought was interesting, when okay. uh, Kelly wanted to seek refuge, she uh, would find comfort in an apartment that she kept in Paris. Honey, I need an apartment in Paris. Who doesn't? Uh, well, no, me. <laughs> I need one. You stay here. Oh, okay. Deal with the Oh, I see how kids. it is. Sure. I'll be like, hey, I'll see you. I've got my apartment in Paris. Yeah, I got my bag. It's kind of far. It's kind of far. Geez. Maybe I should get a, a just an apartment. I don't know where. I don't know. Around here. I don't think so. I ain't, yeah. paying, I ain't helping to pay for no <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that is the story of Princess Grace Kelly and Prince Rainier III of Monaco. That's nice. Okay. We will continue our series next time with, and I'm excited about this one. I know, me too. Paul I'm, Simon and Carrie Fisher. And I already watched one movie about, yes. about Carrie Fisher, but yeah. it didn't have a lot of Paul Simon stuff. No. So I'll much. have to really work on it. It showed that her part. singing one of their yeah. songs. Yeah. I know when yeah, she was, be- was way before that she was even so the, involved with him. Just a little don't spoiler alert. This. No, no, okay. No, let's not. I think uh, this is good, and you also. Um, I think this is yeah, that's a good one, and I think you need to do your correction thing that you talked about. Okay, so I was let me let me um just right, tell everybody ahead. please subscribe and rate our yes, podcast please. and please give us tell feedback. Give us feedback and suggestions at loveandmiserypodcast at gmail.com. Keep, keep or you can connect with us. Suggestions coming. Yes. And tell other people about it. And you can, Even if it's just a goof. <laughs> tell them, hey, listen to this, these two goofballs. And you can right? now find us on Facebook. Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm trying. I know. I know. I, I'm not I'm allowing to get him to finish. This. I know you are. I want to finish. I know, because we haven't done one in a little while. Uh, <laughs> All right. And Go you ahead. can now find us on Facebook. Oh, Please Lord. connect with me, Clark Forte. I have a Facebook page. I know. 
Um, and he's <laughs> any comments on people's birthdays on Clark? Sometimes, Fortnite? sometimes. Yeah, um, and I want to uh, acknowledge uh, some things here: Wikipedia.com, Britannica.com, SheKnows.com. Um, oh, she knows. History.com and Grace Kelly's autobiography, Hollywood Dream Girl. Now, I do have a correction from last week. Um, <laughs> Jason Robards was not in the A-team. <laughs> he was not the one that said, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, we had somebody reach out to us. Somebody, your brother. My brother, Tom, corrected me. And thank Tom you for Forte. that. Thank you for that. <laughs> He said it was George Papar, you idiot. But he didn't Did he do it, say like, it like that. that? No, he said I added nicer. the idiot because I was like, I'm I could have sure. really. He said it nicer because he's nicer at, than that. Oh, he's no, just hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. Sweetheart of a guy. <laughs> and so we're doing this also because he's going to listen and I'm, he's going to give us a really good rating right now. That's what we're hoping. Word. All right. Well, till, until next time. Hopefully sooner than sooner than the last. There won't be such a big gap. That's the hope. Okay. The love. And the misery. And the misery. <laughs> Goodbye for now. Bye.